Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships. My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monday Motivation. Today's motivation is about handling the changes of seasons. Now, I live in the Northeast of the United States, so I'm in the Northern Hemisphere and we are transitioning or we are in fall and we're seeing the winter, (laughs) the winter months ahead. And I think that I know that I personally have that kind of impending gloom feeling when that happens sometimes, not all the times, because there's a lot about autumn I like, my birthdays in the fall. And, but I do sense it with a lot of people. And and my team and I were talking about some topics for podcast, what people have written in. And they said, they suggested we should talk about how to handle the changes of season because it's apparent that probably even exacerbated with the pandemic aftermath, even though we're still in it a little bit, that we're feeling that those seasonal changes, I think, are more dramatic. So I will do my best with the research that I've done, some tips that I personally have also have found really helpful from moving from a more a warmer area of the country down in the south to being up in the northeast for the past 26 years. 
I had some transitional years where I was really getting used to earlier and longer winters. And there were things that I found very helpful early on. But also, I'll tell you a little bit about the research. A lot of this will not be new, but what you should do is not just think of it or consider it or listen, but implement it, right? That's like with anything in life. Like we might know, oh, it would be really great if we exercise for this amount of time. And you think about it, but you actually have to do it. So if you are someone who is feeling the fall fatigue, the malaise, the, you know, as the days become shorter in terms of the amount of daylight, you feel that sometimes people have seasonal affective disorder or some variation of it. You just feel less motivated, a lot more dormant, a lot more stagnant. Then do implement some things to help you because seasons are here. We're here unless you live somewhere where there are no seasons. And I think that while that might be wonderful, sometimes I would imagine that you would miss out because seasons are beautiful to see transitions. They are they're part of life. It's, it's part of our evolution. You know, if we look at seasons as cycles and we embrace each one, even though one might be more difficult than the other, you know, typically summer is a lighthearted, um, you know, an active time where we have these long days of light, but we also have a lower key um, sense about us. You know, we vacation or travel more. It's not as intense as other times of the year. And so it makes sense that a lot of people love summer because it harkens back to your days of being a kid or some particular like light-filled, wonderful time in your life. But if we didn't have the winter, we wouldn't appreciate the summer as much, right? So we think that we have to recognize that even when we're in it, there's value to it. And I'll start with a quote by Anne Bradstreet. And she said, if we had no winter, this spring would not be so pleasant. If we did not taste adversity, then prosperity would not be so welcome. So going on with that, let's first, I think the best thing to acknowledge is that we feel it. We feel the changes and they're not always great. They're not always welcome. Sometimes it makes us feel bummed out. And we're not alone in that. I think that's a really, really important thing too, that many, many people feel the change of seasons. And with that, there is some lightness. And with that, there is some darkness. There is some adversity. There's things that are more pleasant or not. But it's part of our biology and in that our behavioral rhythm as well to learn how to find more harmony with those cycles, with those changes, because they really represent on a metaphorical scale, the changes in life and how there is adversity and there are lightness. There are summers and there are winters. And it's how we respond that ultimately gets us through. And not only just gets us through, but actually allows us to perhaps even enjoy it a little bit more than we might think. So I looked up some, all kinds of different information, but one psychologist talked a lot about these seasons of transformation. And so again, it, it, points back to a little bit of what I was talking about. Like summer is this season of reward and celebration. Fall is a season of survival, mistakes, and problems. So I will say I looked at a couple different articles on the different seasons and all of them from psychologists. Autumn is really kind of the bummer, the bummer time. I have to say, I think there's something about 
There's a heightened sense of worry and anxiety. And there's probably something from an evolutionary standpoint, you know, where we had to harvest a lot of food quickly. Winter was coming. We recognized, like, again, the mistakes we might have made. We didn't plant enough of this or didn't do it well or put it in the right place. So there is something, I think, in our wiring. And it's interesting that the psychology, the psychologists who have studied this write that. You know, again, whether it is at, like totally lines up, but it, it kind of does. And then winter is this season for reflection and hibernation and planning. So winter in a lot of ways, even though it's, um, you know, kind of darker, quote unquote, shorter days of light, it is an introspective time. And I think we welcome that in some ways. And I think why so many might be struggling now in this, if you are in the Northern Hemisphere in this fall slash autumn, is this is like the uh, uncomfortable time maybe from a psychological standpoint, like we're, we're not yet in the hibernation mode and we're still, we still have, you know, these whimsical memories of the summer and we're starting to see the changes, you know, the, the leaves falling. And, and while there, that's beautiful, there, there might be, again, something very hardwired that that falling um, really symbolizes some kind of doom, you know? So I think it's just interesting to notice, like, what are our preconceptions or really very hardwired ideas about the changes of season. I've always personally been excited about autumn because I loved Halloween. That's my birthday. And then right after Halloween, it's like a few weeks later, there's Thanksgiving, which is family time. And then boom, it goes right into the winter and Christmas. And then it's the new year. So actually for me, I always enjoy it. Like autumn has kind of flown by and the changes, I love the colors of it. But I do sense a fatigue in other ways, which I'll mention in a moment, which might not be just psychological, but also just habitual. Well, I'll mention it now. So habitually, another thing that I was reading about is like, habitually, we look at January as kind of the new year and, you know, it is a new year. You know? So it's like, that's when we change. We'll change to 2022. But also in, in our habits, we plan our, maybe our finances that way. We plan our you know, our work, our progress, maybe our progress even in, in our homes, our progress at work. And so by the time fall comes, there could be what I'm sensing is what this person was alluding to is there could be this sense of like, oh my gosh, there's only a few months left. And there's so much more to do that I didn't, I had planned out all this stuff. I had great ambitions. And it's like the reality of getting those things done and producing and accomplishing and blah, 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 whatever it is, is dawning on us. And I think that's where we can feel that fatigue, you know, that like, okay, we only have a few months left of this year. I can't believe we're here now. And there's a lot more to be done. We're both reflecting on the bat, on the, on the rest, uh, you know, the past year, but we're also looking that we only have this short amount of time. So I think we, we have put in these markers January starts, January, you know, end of December ends. And so I think in our habits, we have wired ourselves to create a feeling of of tension. And, you know, as the psychologist said about the problems, you know, that are created, um, I think that it is, we're, we're stuck in this, like looking back and looking forward and we're not happy with either one. Whereas winter is, I think it's just kind of, we accept it more, you know? And so that was my thought on that. So I think these are just things to consider when you start to wonder how you can handle, how you can handle this 
feeling that you might be feeling right now with these the transitions of the seasons? And are you putting a lot of pressure on yourself to accomplish, accomplish by by the end date, by the end of 2021? Um, because again, then then it's New Year's and we have new goals and new resolutions, which I don't do. And my husband and I have talked about this before, but maybe that's that's why I, in some ways, I handle this better because I don't feel like I've, you know, put some pressure on myself to accomplish this. I put a lot of pressure on myself in a lot of other ways, and I do believe in deadlines. But I think there is something about autumn that might like stimulate that stuff. Another reading that I did was saying, you know, summer is associated with happiness and autumn is associated with pain. Again, this might be something in our evolution and wiring. Winter is more self-reflection and spring is like opportunity for growth and learning. Well, so how do we handle that if we know that psychologically we are already feeling maybe some pain or disappointment or stress or fatigue. And then in addition to that, we have these physiological elements. They're really well documented when people talk about seasonal affective disorder, where when you do have changes in the amount of sunlight, what that does to you. It's not just like, wow, I don't see the sun. I don't feel as bright. It literally has an impact on your sleep, on your vision, and on your production of serotonin, which is one of the neurotransmitters that makes you feel good. You know, it doesn't necessarily make you feel happy, happy, but it makes you feel, it keeps everything in balance. So it is noted that with seasonal changes, some mental diseases do worsen. And so that's the first thing I'll say is, you know, you know this, I'm not a doctor, I'm a physical therapist. If you are suffering from lack of sleep, a lot of fatigue, concentration, feeling of helplessness and not wanting to get out of bed, then it is important to seek therapeutic help. You really need that because there are things, many other things in the medical field that could help you and that have helped people with seasonal affective disorder. By the way, not everyone has that. That is a clinical term. We all might kind of, you know, just say that in a casual way, but there, it is an actual disorder. We might have certainly symptoms of it, and but there's clear cases where you would want to get more, more therapeutic intervention, more, um, you know, medical help if needed. And the, the reason is because there are these physiological changes. You aren't might not be sleeping as well. The reduced daylight hours really has an impact on our energy. You know, they um, it also is known that the temperature drops when you know when it's cold outside, and that could possibly have an impact on our immunity and how we handle you know different viruses. And so we might have be feeling like low grade fatigue. We might be fighting and battling something that we would battle differently if we had more hours of sun, it was warm outside, et cetera. And then, you know, in terms of not getting enough sunlight hours, you don't produce um, as much melatonin, which is really important. That is secreted when you're this, the light. So lack of light tends to create some imbalances in the amount of melatonin. And that's needed to secrete for a longer period of time to give you the sleep the good quality sleep that we want. So we know we know all of this. This is not a new information that, you know, l- fewer hours of daylight affects our vision. We're not getting as much of the um, melatonin. It affects our sleep because of that. We're, our internal clock isn't quite regulated to like, when do I know to, when I want to go to bed? You, you know how it is in the winter. It's like 4 p.m. and it starts to get dark and you want to put on your pajamas. Well, that's hearkening that little... Um, 
very primitive brain that I've mentioned before is, you know, like our chicken brain that, that has this like, oh, time to get up, time to go to roost. And that's in there and it gets probably confused with these, these shorter days. And when we worked in a different manner than we do now, where we would get up with the sun and go to bed with the sun, and certainly there are still places in the world and, you know, populations that really do that, but so many of us don't, you know, we have artificial light, we can stay up later and get up when we need to because we have alarm clocks. So we have, in a way, kind of short-circuited our internal clock that is really responsible for regulating those um, hormones like serotonin and allowing, and the, you know, the melatonin, not getting that, um, that's because we're not getting enough light. So we're not getting enough sleep. So you can imagine all those things. If you're not sleeping as well, you, nobody's going to feel great, right? You might feel, feel lethargic. And I know those days when I've gotten up and you, know, the first thing I think about is the things I have to do and then how early I can get to bed. That's an awful way to wake up. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. Like to wake up and already be wanting to know when you can go back to bed, that's usually a sign of fatigue and you're imbalanced. And so, you know, just recognize that and, and recognize that it's um, part of the cycles. It's normal. It's not something to freak out about, but it is something to observe and to try and put in some methods that will help that so that you're not feeling that day in and day out. You know, so the thing is with any kind of seasonal changes, it's really totally normal to feel mood swings. What becomes not as um, normal in the sense that it's not going to be healthy is if it's if it stays, you know, if it's a continued sense of like, wow, I'm fatigued, wow, I'm down, wow, I don't have any energy, I'm not sleeping well, et cetera. So know the difference and, and really modulate. So I, I have an aura ring, I've talked about it before, and I look at it, um, I look how it, I mean, I look at my um, stats at, on the app and I see like, it's great because on the app itself, it'll tell you your readiness based on your sleep. So if I, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I have like a big brother looking in, but I, I don't mind it. Like there's certain things in technology that would freak me out. But, you know, like today my readiness says rise and shine. Your readiness score is above your average today. How do you feel? Looks like you're ready for some sharp thinking today. Whereas I've had, you know, like a week ago, it said, seems like you might have not restored as much as you need to. So take it easy. And it came up with that conclusion based on the fact that my heart rate stayed more elevated overnight. So your heart rate when you're, when you're sleeping, by the way, go to my science of sleep episode, which is wonderful. And we'll give you all the details of this, but when you go to sleep, your heart rate drops and it should drop. And that is part of that restoring and renewing and um, if it doesn't, there could be some elevated cortisol happening. It could also be caffeine, residual, whatever. But it's what it does is it impacts your, your sleep cycles. So the aura ring takes a lot of these calculations. The point is that it's funny because I would just recommend, if you don't get an aura ring, just write a little journal. How do you feel today? Did you go to bed last night at a certain time? Did you wake up at a certain time? When you wake up, especially in these moments, in these months that the the daylight is shorter, you know, get the shades, open up the shades, even if it's dark outside, because once that light starts getting in, you want to like feel it, you know, so start to get that. Now, speaking of light, what are some other things? 
I'm just going to go back to make sure that you document because I think it's so important to document how you're sleeping, how you feel in the morning, how you feel at night. It does it, it takes two or three minutes. And that's a really good way of kind of getting a sense of um, it, are there things that you can do on your own or do you need some, you know, more um, interventions, more help? So bright light therapy has been studied and researched, and it has been proven that, that it can it can help. Now, that being said, they're not all the same. So the light boxes have, and, and just go and Google like a good light box. Um, there was a New York Times article about with, you know, the right kind of light box with a um, psychiatrist named Norman Rosenthal. So if you look him up and look up his book, Winter Blues, he has all strategies to beat seasonal affective disorder. And he will speak to this. He will speak to, there's a helicopter going by. (laughs) He will speak to like the type of bright light therapy because there's a lot of knockoffs on the internet and you want to get a good one. But there has been a lot of great um, impacts with a good light box. So that kind of bright light therapy, you're sitting near a light box for about half an hour each morning. And it's it's considered to be one of the most effective treatments for um, seasonal affective disorder. So if you feel like you have even a little bit of that, you know, without actually having the diagnosis, it can certainly help because it's helping you shift that internal clock that helps you right for those mood regulating hormones that really help us feel more like ourselves. The other thing um, is get outside. And Dr. Rosenthal talks about this. He says, no matter what, white, what, you know, bright light therapy is amazing, but getting outside regularly is incredible. So if you look at all these cultures, these Scandinavian cultures um, that that are managing way more, way more, you know, bigger shifts in terms of daylight hours than we than we are here, you know, in the United States, and they manage it well. And you know, they're getting outside. It doesn't matter what, you know, how cold it is. You bundle up. You get outside. You need to get outside because that really is an opportunity to get some light during the hours of lightness. And it feels good. Nature feels good. Air, you know, fresh air feels good. So that's what I learned when I, again, moved up here. The first couple of years, I was cold all the time. And then I realized, oh, it's, I'm not in North Carolina anymore. I actually have to bundle up. Like I need to layer. So learn how to layer well if, it, if, if it's cold where you are. And even if it looks dull and gray and so uninspiring, just getting out and getting fresh air, you know, for 20 to 30 minutes each day, super important. You know, walking, getting out, take a walk with a friend. And this can really help you in these seasonal changes. The only thing, the other thing I would add is going back to this idea of like putting the pressure on yourself. Maybe you could consider if you're one of those people who's a big planner and writes things down and does have this like January 1st to December 31st kind of cycle in your brain, maybe consider like doing quarters or something like that. And know in this third quarter, so to speak, that things like be gentle and be easy and be like put less on your plate so that you can enjoy more. So you don't feel like, oh, I have a deadline and I only have three more months to get this figured out. I mean, we're really going from our third quarter into our fourth quarter. So make the third quarter a little bit easier so you're not or the fourth quarter, whatever it is, just make it easier mentally on yourself so you don't have this feeling of, of just pressure. You know, it's that pressure and that the pain that, um, that he was referring to. You, you want to feel, you want to feel everything. And knowing that you're going to feel this 
anyway with changes the seasons. We're going to feel the highs. We're going to feel the lows. What we're trying to do is harmonize so that we can have more balance so that our lows aren't really low and that we are able to bounce back when we do feel them coming. I hope this helped you today. It was fun to look over some things that I already knew, but I had never really considered the whole idea that, you know, this kind of harvesting season, there's a lot more than just the harvesting. It's like harvesting our year, you know, because we're kind of, what have we done in production? And, and it may or may not come to have come to fruition now. And that could feel like an internal bummer, like, we, like we're failing or, or the pressure that we didn't succeed in ways we wanted to. And I think it's just always important to be gentle and tender on ourselves. And if we didn't work as hard as we should have, maybe it's, um, I hate using the word should have, but you know, sometimes we don't work as hard for, for, we're just not as organized or we put it off or procrastinate. Just recognize that and just put some tools in place to, to help you stay more organized and maybe not bite off it too much, you know, and ask for help and get support. We are in this together and community always helps too. So if you are feeling alone in this, know you're not alone. Many people have these highs and lows of these seasonal changes. So reach out to a friend, talk about it, but don't just like wallow in it. Like, let's say, hey, let's do something about it. Like, let's go get a cup of coffee or take a walk. And because I need that, I need that to feel a little bit better and brighter. And I hope this helped you. If you have any tips that have helped you along the way, let me know. I'm always, I always like to share it. I'll share it on Instagram or I'll come back and share it here, but you can always write me at support at lityoga.com or direct message me on Instagram at laura.hyman because we're in this together. Cycles ultimately are really good. They, they help us become stronger and more resilient. Even if we do have some, some of the suffering along the ways or the lower moments, there are high moments and those we can really celebrate and feel and have ultimate gratitude for because we've had some of the struggles. So I'm pulling for you today and every day through every season. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.